0: I want to minister something that I intended to to minister last night, and things just went a different way that was really good. How many people realize God has a plan, too? I've been in the full-time ministry for 10 years, a decade of my life. I'm 83, so I started when I was 73. Thank you, thank you. I feel good. People say if I shave the beard, I might look younger, but you know, you got to look your age, that's what I say. And through the course of it, there's definitely been some many, many, many great, great times with the Lord, amazing times. There's definitely also been times where you felt like, man, I don't know if I'm doing it right. Anybody in here ever feel like, am I doing it right? Like he said, I cried at the A plus, it's not that I... I don't think I'm a moron, but you never really know. Are you with me? That's the thing with being an idiot. You're like, am I an idiot? Because I wouldn't know if I was an idiot. So if I'm an idiot, God, I thank you that you would have grace upon me and at least reveal it to me in a private way so that I could correct it. Or if you got to humble me in front of everybody, at least don't let me remain an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing. You don't know you have bad breath. Everybody else does. So we can walk around real cocky in life thinking we're just knocking it out. And so that's what it boiled down to. I, I, you know, I, I, I was doing everything I knew to do. You know, I, I can tell you, I, I know, never mind. I know people in the ministry, that use it as their personal bank account. And we have never, never. Everything comes in the ministry, that's sacred offering unto the Lord. And we're just like you. We are radical givers to it. Come on. Because it's for the Lord. You don't touch the Lord's. I don't want to die and have the worms eat my body. So I am not going to touch that which belongs to the Lord. I honor the Lord with my, with my tithes, with my offerings. I honor God, and I know many people here and there do that. So to hear that, I started crying because I, I felt I was, I was managing to the best of my ability. But to hear someone in the banking industry to say they have looked at hundreds or thousands, I forget, of, of institutions throughout their many, you know, 25, 30 years or whatever of, of corporate banking, And for us to be ranked in the top that they had ever seen, I was like, I'm doing a good job. I mean, I was like, what I actually said was, we're good ground. You know what I'm saying? There's bad ground and there's good ground. And you're going to get a better harvest if you're sowing a good ground. So it meant a lot to me. I'm just saying that. I'm I'm, I'm I'm not bragging on us. I've been saying, like, that was a moment, like, thank you, God. And back to what I was saying, there's many times where you're like, things agitate you, you know, like, Am I doing it right? Am I the one? Am I like the dude that is screwing the whole thing up? Or am I the dude that's, that's, that's doing it well? And about two years ago, I was kind of once again complaining to the Lord. This is probably an annual thing in my life, if I was to be honest. I'm not proud of it, but it comes. You have a flesh. You have temperate soul moments. You know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. It's like anybody in here ever fought with your wife. No, of course you never have ever yes honey whatever you want we all act like we're perfect you know and so i was having a moment with the lord and i wasn't really complaining but i was and i was just talking to god about ministry and just saying you know i mean lord what do i need to do because as a person of vision and i want to talk to you tonight assuming you're a person with vision and i believe that god gives everybody a vision i believe sometimes we let those dreams die And we let those dreams die and call it wisdom to let them die. But really, it's just we let the world beat us up. Let the world steal what was in us. If you take a little kid in kindergarten and ask what they want to do when they grow up, they have big aspirations. They want to be the president and they want to make bubblegum free for everybody. Right? They dream big. It's only later when the world kicks them around enough, that their dreams just keep down them until they're like, if I could just get, you know, Tennessee, if I could get a four-wheel drive pickup truck and a dog, I'd be good. <laughs> it's not exactly aiming for, for great things. And I was talking to the Lord about that, I was like, you know, what do I do, God? Because I have vision, and my vision is not even, what I see in life is not even what is necessarily accept it for a minister because I see business, I see ministry, I see connectivity, I see I see it all working together. I'm I'm wired in a way where I don't really fit into anybody's mold. And people always want to put me in a mold, but I don't fit that mold. And let me tell you, you don't fit a mold either. That's the problem. We always want to label things. What does the world do? Create a label so that they can explain it. You're of that word of faith camp. You're of that NAR. People always say that to me. I don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) Like you can label me all you want, but I don't know what you're talking about. And all I am is a person with a vision from God. And I believe that I can do great things because he said that I can do the impossible. He said it and he can't lie. Come on, somebody. So I felt the Holy Spirit impress upon me these words. He came back to me after I was kind of just talking to the Lord. and He said, well, Caleb, what would bring you joy in life? What can I do for you that it would make it a joy for you? And I was thinking, you know, now when he asked, now I'm up a creek because I actually didn't even know what I was asking for. Come on. How often times we got, we've got, patches, we've got this, but we don't really know how to get there, and we don't really know what we're asking God for. And so it can build a frustration like, God, I'm stuck. Well, you're stuck because you actually don't even know what you're supposed to go after. You have great vision, but you don't have step one. All right? Tonight I want to talk to you along these lines about taking your promised land. This conference is called Taking Territory, amen? You're meant to take territory in Jesus' name. Now, I want you to visualize in your life before I get fo- anywhere uh, further. Stop right now and just begin to think about your life. What aspects of your life, your marriage, your, your career choice, your household, the way your household is managed, the way it flows, your family life, your kids' life, what part of your life are you, are you saying, man, I would like to see this area go to this area? Come on. Is there anybody that you now you instantly have it? Wave your hand at me if you're actually believing God for something right now. All right, the other half of you, praise the Lord, you're our goal. You have it. I think you'll always have it until you cross over into heaven. And then we will be stupefied by the utter splendor and majesty of heaven, like, fa, Where it's like, you don't even have a want, you don't have a need, you're just like, ah! For a thousand years. At the feet of Jesus knowing only absolute satisfaction fulfillment love acceptance reward joy peace overflow you're not even going to go to your mansion until a thousand years you know what i'm saying like who cares about a mansion up here i'm in the glory of god i'm at the th- i'm pressing like at the club to get up to the throne <laughs> right through that great cloud of witnesses Mm-mm, 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 Until uh-uh, 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 I get up there, and then I'll be like, "Crowns, woo, woo, woo!" Security, we got a, we got a wild one up here. Go in and escort him back to his mansion. Over. No, Jesus, I'm your biggest fan. heaven's going to be amazing it's going to be incredible we don't even understand it it's impossible for us to understand it every time you try and fathom it you're just like i don't know how does it work it's beyond your wildest dreams there are colors there that you have never seen before there are stones. There is jewels. There is, there is this opulence. But there's love. There's joy. There's unbelief. It's heaven, and you're gonna get there. Heaven is so awesome and so real. People are dying to get there. And that day will come. But until that day comes, you're here. And you're not here as a waiting room. You're here with an assignment from God to bring heaven to earth. Amen. To bring the glory and the presence of God to this earth. To be a, be a, a, a vessel where, where the presence and the river flows into this lost and dying world. And with that, you cannot, let me tell you, it is impossible to yield to God and not be blessed yourself. Come on. It is impossible. You can never do anything God asks you for, and he didn't weave into it something for you personally. I can testify to where you're crying, and you're like, God, why are you doing this? And it's never because, Caleb, you're such a great preacher. You have good management skills, young man. I see you going far, especially if you start dressing better like you're starting to do. (laughs) If you tuck in a shirt once in a while, I could promote you. Well, God, I mean, that's hard to do. I'm a Tennessee boy, okay? It's always the same response. Always been. Because I love you. Because I love you. I want you to understand something tonight, no matter what I preach your promised land is there because he loved you so much. Before you even were formed in your mother's womb, he, he wove a call for you. Before he even began the earth, he knew you, he knew your name, and he gave you another name, the Bible says. And when you get to heaven, he will reveal a name that only he has for you, that he has spoken over you every time, and no one knows that name but him. He loves you so much, and it's, it's so important to always remember, no matter where we go in life, no matter what, no matter what people say, no matter if we feel we're doing well or feel we're doing poorly, if we feel we're knocking it out or we feel that we're screwing it up, it does not change God's opinion about you. He just loves you, and from the position of understanding I'm that loved of the Lord is the position you have to take to take territory. Why can I take my promised land? There are giants. I can take my promised land because it's promised by Him. Amen. Right? And He wouldn't promise to give me something He is not equipped to give me. If He says I will give it to you, He's going to give it to you. You can bet your life on it. Come on, somebody. So when He challenged me, what can I do for you that would give you joy? Now I'm like, huh, great. Now i got to i got to figure out what I'm actually asking God for. And I want to read a scripture to you tonight because you can't talk about going in the promised land without talking about the generation that did it. We all know the story. They were all sent, there were the the spies sent in the land to spy out the good of the land, to spy out what God was going to give them. But they came back with an evil report of unbelief that it is impossible for us to have what we feel like we're supposed to have because we're not the right people, we're not big enough, we're not positioned right, the enemy's too big, I wasn't born the right place, I'm not educated well, I don't have all the skill sets that are necessary, so I can't take the land. All of those things constantly bombard everybody's thoughts. Every time. You know, going into this weekend, I sat at home and I've been preaching for a decade and I still feel nervous and I still feel sick to my stomach about preaching from time to time. And I felt so sick. I'm like, what am I going to say? What am I going to do? They're going to laugh at me, God. (laughs) No, I always reveal too much. I know I do that. (laughs) But I do that intentionally because not all preachers do that. Some preachers just act like they got everything figured out and float. I don't float, bro. I crawl sometimes. Not this guy. I'm like, God, I'm like, you better come with me, Lord. You can see me in the spirit. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like sadness wrapped around happy on inside out. Where he leads me, I will be drunk too. And Joshua 3, 2 says that it was after three days that the officers went through the camp. This is when the Lord speaks to them, it's time. And they commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, Joshua 3, verse 2, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. And there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go. The presence of God will lead you. Trust the Lord. Great visions, especially visions that are so big that they seem to crush you. You can't figure them out. You can't make them happen. But you can listen to God every day. And if you listen to God every day, God will take you to it because He wouldn't show you what He doesn't intend for you to have. Be encouraged tonight. Amen? Now, it says, for you have not passed this way before. To move ahead in what God wants to do is going into the unknown. A second campus is unknown to us. We don't even know what variables we're going to discover. We don't even know what challenges it might fall. When I stepped in from traveling to being a pastor, I had no clue. I was so naive. I thought, everybody loves the pastor. No, some people hate the pastor. (laughs) Let me tell you, I've had some meetings and you're like, man, no wonder armor bearers exist in the church. I mean, there was a church shot in Kissimmee, a pastor shot in Kissimmee. I've met the guy. Former disgruntled person walked in and opened fire and shot the pastor. He shot back, chased him through. They had a school. Imagine that. You're at school, at Christian school. Pow, 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 pow. What's happening? Children just duck. I mean, you know the Lord is your comfort. I mean, it was crazy. And of course, everybody lived, and the guy was arrested, and he went to prison and forgave the guy and everything. It's amazing. God made everybody get shot, but nobody died. And there's a naiveness. You don't know the way, is what it says. You've never gone there before. Believing the Lord for the great unknown, what burns in your heart, what, what you feel in your, in your spirit, man, what, what excites you. Come on. You want to find your promised land? What is exciting to you? What do you find yourself talking about all the time? What do you find that blow, just flows from you like a river that you can't stop? There are some people you sit with them, they can't stop talking about politics. I can move past that subject quickly. <laughs> can you believe this? How do you know about what's in your Oh, yeah. Uh, did you watch the football game? I mean, like, <laughs> let's talk about steak. I could talk about steak for a while. Okay, we're talking ribeyes, fillets, sirloins, New York strips, porterhouse. We're talking about thick cut, thin cut. We're talking about charcoal grilled St. Louis style. What are we talking about? Basting it with a little bit of Oscar, you know, crab on top. Tell me, let's talk steak. You go in the politics, we'll be done in 30 seconds. And it's not that I don't recognize politics matters. You've heard me, I tell people, get out and vote, get encouraged, be a part, and if that burns in you, if that's in you, and that excites you, and that fuels you, you just might be called into politics, and if you're called into politics, you had better get the Holy Ghost. That's all I'm going to say. Don't ever think you're going to change anything without God on the inside of you. we are going to go out there and make change, 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 change. You ain't changing nothing. It takes the Holy Ghost and it takes an anointing to break shackles. You're called into that. Maybe you're, 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 your whole world is emissions. You need persons that are called emissions. They, they're, they're, they're following the nations of the world more than America. They don't even know the United States president. Who's the president? I don't know, but I'm telling you in Kenya right now. <laughs> they're digging wells. They're doing this. The red clay Africa calls me. It's like that's in their blood and you can't shake that stuff. And you try and shake it. That's what I mean by you let these things die. Because, well, you can't make a career out of that. Watch me. It's not about a career anyways. It's about a calling. And if God calls you, he will make a way where there is no way. Going into the unknown, you don't know how to get there. You don't Maybe you don't know exactly what it is, but you've got to discover that thing. What fuels you? What excites you? There are people, you want to talk about people you'll meet, that their mind blows up. When you talk about the end time harvest, when you talk about funding that, there are people you'll sit with that all they think is empires and, 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 and strategies and business and, and, and acquisitions. I mean, their mind is wired at such a level in that capacity, that when they hear funding the end-time harvest, it's like a nuclear bomb going off on the inside of them. And there are other people that are like, I don't care anything about that. I don't want to fund anything. I don't need anything. I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. And that's fine. You don't have to be every part of the body. Are you with me? See, that's where we mess it up. Where we mess it up is we hear too many sermons telling us, what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it that we get so convoluted in our head that we're trying to do step one, two, three, four, five, and those steps don't even exist in God's playbook. And then you get a fear attached. I don't want to miss God. Well, God's more like, why don't you just try something, put your hand to it, and watch what I'm going to do for you. Amen. We got this mind that God's up there like a, like a slave driver that if you go, if you go to Kostimi... Three days too soon. Thus saith the Lord, I won't be there with you. People get this, no, you sit with them. There's a hyper fear. Well, now, did God reveal that to you? No, but he said, go in all the world. Preach the gospel. That's what I'm going to do. And Watch me. I can go into Cincinnati and preach the gospel. And God will be in Cincinnati when I get there because I'm obeying what God has called me to do. Shake off the fear right now in Jesus' mighty name. I take authority over the fear that tries to cripple God's children to make them think they're going to miss God. You are not going to miss God. There is a grace upon your life that the King has given unto you. And you cannot, you cannot escape the grace of God. It's upon you. You're graced by God to live victorious. You have favor when you're walking with God in all areas of your life, so it boils down to what would give you joy? Are you with me right now? I would would venture to say this, that if a child of God knows their position, even if they're outside of what they're called to do, they will still see success. Because they have success because they know who they are in Christ Jesus. That's who he is. It's not like God says, no, I'm going to punish you, Trevor, because you're not doing exactly what I want you to do. No, God said, man, I'm going to bless Trevor. I'll bless him when he goes into a foreign land. I'll bless him when he comes back. I'll bless him when he goes to this venture, and I'll bless him in that. But it boils down to Trevor's got to identify. But wait, what is it that really burns within me that gives me the overflowing joy in my life? Because that's what God wants to lead you into. Right? It's like God's greatest delight is to see you joyous. What parent ever's goal is, man, if my kids could be depressed but successful financially I would be so proud of them now we tell them I don't care if you go out and you weave horses tails together for a living if that's what makes you happy sweetie pie you weave away right so how can a lesser parent be better at this than the greatest parent no No, you don't understand His goodness. You don't understand His grace. You don't understand His care. He cares for you. He cares for you. He sends people into your life to encourage you. Anybody ever felt down and some random stranger comes in prophesying? Come on, we all have it. You've been down on your luck and you're stuck in an elevator and a person turns to you, starts prophesying. Pastor Joe can testify, Uh, this might seem weird. But I feel like the Lord is saying, This ain't weird at all. Come on. That's God. That's God. He's like, Bobby's feeling down. Well, I'm going to send somebody and he's gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stir that brother back up. Some stranger from another. It takes an angel or it takes a person obedient. God's going to encourage you and remind you, no. You still have a covenant with me, and you can't shake that covenant because I cut it with my own blood. This covenant is signed, sealed, delivered, and there's nothing you can do to break that covenant. Wow. You mean to tell me, God, that I can go into business? You can go into business. You mean to tell me, God, that I can go in the ministry? You can go into the ministry. You mean to tell me, God, that I can pastor 10 churches? You can pastor 10 churches. But good luck with that. Right? You mean to tell me, God, I can wear boots? You mean to tell me, God, I can preach in a t-shirt? Yeah, you preach in a t-shirt. You preach in shorts. You can preach in flip-flops. You can preach in the city. You can preach in the field. You can preach in the beach. You can preach with a roof. You can preach in a tent. You can preach on the streets. You can preach anywhere you want to preach. And I'm going to be there with you every step of the way. And when you open your mouth and you tell someone about me, watch me flow through you. Hallelujah. You mean to tell me, God, that I can be an artist? You can be an artist. You can spray paint. You can pour. I mean, this day and age, it's not even hard to be an artist. I've seen the videos. You take a canvas, you throw a bucket, you go like this. Sell it for two grand. We've actually all missed our calling. You mean to tell me, God, I can be an artist? Let me tell you something. I remember my dad, before my dad passed away. You know, my dad and I share a similar story. It was interesting how the Lord did this. We were saved in the exact same building in Nashville. It's called the Lord's Chapel. The exact same building my dad was radically saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and called to Bible school in was the same building I got Saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and called him to Bible school in. Different ministry by then, but the same building. And now we actually know the pastor that pastors in that church. Wild. Friend of ours. And so he gets called to Bible school, comes down to Florida, meets my mom, marries my mom, moves out to Texas, working for a man he met in Bible school, and he was working on a ranch. My dad went to Bible school, was thinking ministry is what he's supposed to do great with people but he loved farming my dad loved it he he, my dad would get up at 4 a.m and walk fields and look at cows and write things in his notebook and drive tractors and I mean just every just you my dad in a suit please my grandmother would buy a suit for him every couple of years just in case someone died you know how it is when they die, you got to show up in a black suit. He'd have a black suit. He'd never wear it. My dad had a good pair of Wrangler cowboy cut jeans for deaths. The unstained pair, you know what I'm saying? And the best pair of boots he could clean off the poop were going into town. My dad wasn't a suit wearing guy and, and he's sitting there struggling. Well, God, I know I'm supposed to do ministry. I know you radically saved me. And I know I told you that I'd give you my life if you set me free and did these things. My dad was actually touched by the Holy Ghost driving back from Woodstock threw a pack of cigarettes out, made a commitment to God. I want to know you in my life. And that's what brought him to Nashville where he was radically set free. And so it was a whole testimony. He said, I know I made promises, God, but is there any way that I could be a farmer And I remember my dad, my dad told me this just a couple years before he passed away. he said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me instantly. It wasn't even a delay. And God said, son, you can do whatever gives you joy because that's what I want you to have. When you gave me your life, I wanted you to have joy. And so my dad farmed his whole life and God used my dad as a farmer. He administered to people. The guy that worked for my dad for many years couldn't read. Got out of jail for, for um, manslaughter. Nobody would hire a person out of jail with manslaughter that can't read, but my dad did. My dad ministered to them, that man for years, taught him how to read, taught him how to write, taught him how to build businesses, how to manage finances. And that man built up, had his own businesses, making motorcycles and working for my dad and running a business on the side for other farmers doing semis. And at my dad's funeral, he said my, he was crying, saying, I would not be anything if it wasn't for what your dad did for me. My dad did that with multiple people. What I'm trying to tell you is understand this. Do not get the fear of missing God. God is so gracious, He won't let you miss it. If you're going after what's joyous to you, what fuels you, what gives you delight, what, what, what seems exciting, if you're chasing an adventure... Or you're trying to build an empire, if you just want to raise puppies because they're adorable. (laughs) But see, what we do is we we weigh things out and we think that the person that obviously the person with you know massive mega churches is the one that really has God's favor. But that person might actually be miserable. I'm just saying, (laughs) if they're not doing it right, it's not that you might, the people that are really really getting the best in life you might not ever know right. they're just the ones that have realized god loves me come on and the guy that my dad worked for for many years actually would go around and he would tell people that he said look i know god loves me the only thing i struggle with is believing that god loves other people as much as i know he loves me oh. That's revelation on love. You know, of all the apostles, they were all killed and they were all martyred. We were just at the Vatican. That's where Peter was hung upside down at the Vatican. And he was martyred for his faith for Christ Jesus. The only one that lived and got, you know, exiled to an island paradise. I mean, if you're dishing them out, God, I'll take Maui. I'm going to go... Live out my days in exile. Peace out. <laughs> Times of refreshing. Come in. I wonder why they come in the presence of the Lord when you're on an island. <laughs> John's like, the hills are alive. Look at the sound, the music. Peter's dead and I'm on an island. Fresh crab, fish. Anyways, I'm, a, I'm, I'm milking it. I'm milking it. I understand. <laughs> But he didn't die. And he was the one that would actually introduce himself as the one that Jesus loves. Everybody else, Peter was like, I love you. I love you. I love you. I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. I love you. I love you. I love you. At least we end it well. Somewhere in the middle it got sketchy there, Peter. I'm not ragging on you. You walked on water. I've still tried that several times. And so far, I've not hit that level of covenant with the Lord. But I have had a, free, a couple free baths in return. And so, when they were going into the promised land, the Lord spoke to them and said, Don't take the lead, the charge. Let the presence of the Lord go with you. And then hold back because you've not passed this way before. There is unknown before you. There's a lot of unknown ahead of us. There's a lot of things that I see that I don't know how to get to. It's not my job to figure them out. It's my job to stay in the place of being charged up by the goodness of God, walking in the revelation that God is on my side, that God is going with me. Because the next thing it says is, sanctify yourselves. What is that talking about? It's talking about a relationship, ultimately. To sanctify your life is to work on the relationship with God. Do you have a good relationship with God? Or can any yahoo come in and tell you something and disrupt that relationship with God? Can religion come in and tell you you're doing it wrong or you're a screw up or that's not of God or, or, or uh, label prosperity You're one of those prosperity weirdos? They just throw out the whole Bible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Literally, the word prosperity is from the old covenant to the new covenant. It's all throughout the Bible. But they want to label it just because of a couple of yahoo's that did preach it for personal gain. Well, those people will stand before the Lord one day, but it doesn't steal the covenant that you have with God. Amen. You have a covenant with God. God says, I will bless you in your coming and your going. I will bless you in your rising and your laying down. I will bless you, says the Lord God Almighty. And my blessing makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. Amen? Amen. Well, that sounds like a pretty good deal, God. I'll take that blessing. Go ahead and pour that blessing out right now. And if my brothers and my sisters don't want the blessing, I'll take a double dose. Double dose of the Holy Ghost. Double dose. Amen. Just pour it out in Jesus' name. That's the truth of it. It's coming to that place. It's sanctify yourself. Are you at the place with God? See, you and you alone ultimately know. What have you what have you blurred your conscience or, or seared your conscience with? What has God really actually been talking to you about? Like you, I do want you. This person is dragging you down. This thing in your life is not working. This sin, this addiction, this, this, this thing dragging, this thing is what I want to break off of your life. Come to me and let me shatter that yoke of bondage off of your life this depression that rears its head annually every time is not my plan for your life, says the Lord. Come on. God's plan is not for you to have anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts and feeling worn down and jealous of other people and all of these struggles. God's plan is that every struggle, I will break that yoke off of your life. And when I break it off, I remove it as far as the east is from the west. It'll never find its way back into your household. And for a thousand generations, what you allow me to break off of you will remain broken off of your children's children's that's the promise of god that's the promise of god that's what we walk in come on somebody that's what you carry what you carry is bigger than even this generation can contain what god starts in you carries on to generations as long as you get this right do i have a relationship with jesus christ Do I know the Lord my God? Because if I know the Lord my God and I know his voice, then the voice of a stranger I will not follow. Come on, somebody. I will be led by the voice of the Almighty. And I'll be there when I'm supposed to be there. I'll show up at the right time. Favor will be upon me. And even when I'm late, it'll just turn out good. Come on. I've had planes. I remember planes. Now, we just missed a plane flying here, so I can't brag about this one coming back from Europe. But I've had times you're about to miss a flight, and I pray, Lord, hold up the next flight for me. Delay it, whatever you got to do. And you'd get there an hour late, your plane delayed, and then you'd walk up to your gate. Yeah, this plane was delayed too. Go ahead and enter in. The favor of the Lord on your life. God is a good God. Understand this. Walk in this. Cherish this. What will give you joy? What would give you joy? Well, if he he gave you a blank, which he has given you, a blank check, a blank box, a blank gift, anything you ask of me, ask of me, and I would even give you the nations as your inheritance. What? He says, ask of me anything that you want, and I will give it to you, says the Lord. And I remember hearing that, the Greek words, That it literally meant that ask me anything you want. And if I don't have it, I will go and make it and bring it back to you. Hallelujah. Ask anything from me, God says. That's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. What's the catch? He says you can ask anything from me if, if, if my word abides in you. If I'm in you, if Christ is in me, who's the word? Christ Jesus, the word on the inside of me. If I abide in you, you can ask anything you want of me and I will give it to you. Oh, come on, somebody. Hallelujah, did he say? You can ask anything pertaining what works with your social status, your educational level, your skin color. No no limitations in Christ Jesus. There is no limits in God. The world teaches you limits, tries to tell you you're a victim, tries to tell you you'll never rise above, tries to tell you every fault, every screw up, every system to hold you back. But guess what? God says, I'll take the systems of men and I'll flick them away. I laugh and scoff at the plans of men, says the Lord. Do you know him? Because if you know him and you know his voice and that voice leads you, do you know that you will not fail? You have no fear. Everybody tells you that's going to fail. No. You don't understand who's with me. Right? You don't understand my backing. I have a strong backing. It's a very strong financial backing. I have a Jewish father that has been in the banking industry for thousands of years. He has a lot of livestock He has a lot of silver Fort Knox has nothing compared to my Jewish father that is backing me with deep pockets. I don't, I don't even worry about that aspect of it because ultimately he takes care of it for me. Amen. Amen. Come on. I have that in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Well, you can't go to Africa. You know that malaria is there. You know, all these sicknesses are there. Well, actual fact. My closest relative that travels with me is a doctor. Dr. Jesus. And he actually has a cure for every virus, every pathogen, every bacteria, every, every, every. I have been inoculated by the blood of the Lamb. I will not Get sick or die. Because he's in me. How can death take hold in me when life flows through me? Jesus. Jesus. Why seek ye the living among the dead? Come out from the dead people of this world and walk in the life that Christ has given you. My God, there's life flowing through you. It's flowing out of you. When you open up your mouth. And you begin to declare things. God's just looking for you to give him something to release his presence upon. Man, it's when faith comes alive and he hears it and all of heaven's standing by. And it's like Charlie's done it now. Charlie's hit the vein. Oh, he's about to prophesy. He's about to release. He's about to release it. It's about to overflow. My God. Imagine the angels. He says that my angels are ministering spirits sent forth to minister to the heirs of salvation. Ah, Oh, you don't have enough employees. Let me tell you about my employees. I have two thirds of innumerable. Man, that hit me right there. That hit me right there. Ah. Jesus! Jesus! Whoa! 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 Jesus! That hit me like a ton of bricks. I ain't never heard it said that way. Ah! Phew. Ha! Ha I ain't waiting to build an army! There's an army that's with me! Ah! Jesus! 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 Let that revelation smack him right now, God! You are not alone! You are not alone! There are more that are with you than there could ever be stacked up against you. Jesus. 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 Ragalebe rombamba le be, broko, le broco, brananangate, libra libra dasata. Oh, Oh, my children, oh, my children, I am removing, I am removing every limitation, every barrier, every blockage. I, I, the Lord thy God, am going to pour through you in greater measure, says the Lord. Oh, Jesus. Ah. Oh, katata. Hey, oh, 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 asata. And you bind in heaven. When you loose in heaven, that's not just words. That's, that's nine-foot angels decked out in armor with blades the size of a man, standing on point, saying, when you speak the word, when you declare it, watch me come forth and do war on behalf of the saints. Oh, the angels of God are geared up for the final battle. And guess what? God is moving the pieces for the final checkmate. The enemy is defeated. He is scattered before you. You've got to go and look for him, says the Lord, because he's fleeing at a rapid pace. Haha! and just as I prophesied, In my word, the the difference between those that are believers, those under covenant, and those that don't know me will become evident in this hour, says the Lord. Jesus. And only with your eyes will you see the reward of the wicked. But it will not come near you. Because I go with you. I go with you. I am the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world i am a god of covenant my covenant declares that where the world tries to give you sickness i give you health the world can't take my health you can give my health up if you don't want to believe for it and i will still love you says the lord but if you want my health and you want my healing, then it will be yours. You don't have to pay for it. You don't even have to pray for it. Because I've already given to it, you to it, says the Lord. Whoa. You're not asking for it. You're only reminding yourself what you already have. Go to pray. Asking God for something He's already given you. Lord, give me that healing again. Would you lose it? All right, here it is again. But I gave it to you. And I didn't take it back. It's still yours. What did Peter say to the man begging by the gate? Silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have. Ha, 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 what I do possess, what I do own. What has been freely given to me, I give to you now. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Oh, Ramanda ta, ta. Hey, hey, hey. Ooh, ooh. Oh man, I'm drinking. I'm a drinking. I'm drinking on that Holy Ghost wine. I'm a drinking. I'm a drinking. And I'm a feeling mighty, mighty fine. I'm a drinking. I'm a drinking. Every sip you know is divine. I'm drinking, drinking, drinking on some Holy Ghost wine and I don't really care. (sighs) Of course, he would be filming that drunken moment. Hallelujah. You got a covenant. Come on. Let that pour out in this place right now. Over anxiety and depression, God gives joy unspeakable without measure it's not like joy that is with you when a funny joke hit it's like joy that even when darkness is trying to come in your house you can't do anything but laugh in the face of destruction and famine because you know you're already defeated you don't know it yet but I know it my God has rendered you powerless over my life I will have more than enough. If a raven has to fly into my window and drop off a meat pie, he will do it right at my lunchtime. That's right. That's right. I've had times I didn't have food. I've had times I didn't have money and someone would walk up. Fresh bird right from Publix. I can't eat this. You want it? Yeah. You know that's God. Jesus. Joy, joy over anxiety and depression. It's a covenant. It's yours. You don't even have to ask for it. You just have to tap into it. Someone says, "How do I get the joy of the Lord?" I'll never forget the first time I got it. It was in a church service, and some people were laughing. They were all. They were. There was the fun place. You know what I'm saying? When people are happy, there's obviously that they're happy. (laughs) You know, I wonder. I wonder if they're depressed right now. I wonder if this is all a charade and they're really depressed. It's like obvious. They're bubbling up. And there was a whole group of them. They were laughing. Couldn't even stand up. And it wasn't, I didn't, there was nothing funny. So I remember walking up to him. I got bold. I walked up to him. You ever had to inject yourself in a conversation you didn't belong in? You know where you're waiting for that opportune time to... No, wait, you hear about the white socks or something like that, you know? So I walked up to them. They were just having the Holy Ghost time. And so I just waited until one of them looked at me and I was like, ha 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 And I just jumped right in. At first it really felt forced. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, ha <laughs> ha, I hope they don't know. I hope they know I'm not faking it. <laughs> and then then it just bubbled up. And the next thing I know, I'm like, where you're laughing so hard it's not even audible anymore. You know what I mean? It can't even escape. Like, are we dying or are we getting delivered? I don't know, but it feels good. feels good. If this is what serving the Lord feels like, you can have every tomorrow, God, because I want to live like this. And you can have it in Jesus' mighty name. It's yours. It's yours. All of it's yours. He's given everything unto you. Transferred it over. The wheel is signed and delivered. And Jesus left the premises and he said all power and all authority i give it unto you now everything i purchased while i was there when i defeated death i eliminated lack i destroyed sickness i kicked the devil in the teeth everything i purchased here's the keys i give it to you now occupy until i come back <laughs> Woo. You might not even be able to spell occupy. It doesn't matter because you do it by nature when Christ is in the inside of you. Whew. Jesus. Jesus, I'm just, I, my whole body's tingling. I'm on fire right now. And I did just calculate in my mind. I was thinking it's really early. And then I remember we actually started an hour early. (laughs) But whatever. Jesus. 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 You have what he says you have. Take it. No, it's not because it's based on merit even. He gave all of that to you, and now you can go out and multiply because He's given it all unto you. Amen? Go and take your land. You have a covenant with God over fear. He's given you boldness. He's given you boldness where other people would shy away. And even though it's terrifying to your flesh, and even though your mind is telling you not to do it, your spirit locks in, and you just find yourself one step, another step, another step, another step, and before long, you're right smack dab in the middle of it, and the boat is behind you, and you're on the water, and he's right in front of you, and he says, I told you you could do it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I am Emmanuel, God with you. Said, take up the ark of the covenant. That's what he said to the people. You're going into the promised land. This is your hour. This is your moment. Everything that I promise you is coming into your hands now. So take up the ark of the covenant and let it go before you. Because of the covenant that I have with you, everything I've promised, I will freely give it unto you now, says the Lord. And I don't care what enemy is in the land that tells you you can't have what I promised. I will give it unto you I feel it in this place I feel it in this place just lift your hands right now that's the Holy Ghost falling on people that's the Holy Ghost falling on people Holy Ghost falling on people there's things you're believing God for that I mean it's impossible it's impossible You don't even tell people about it because when you tell people about it, it's like casting pearls before the swine. But let me tell you, he hears your prayers. He knows your heart.